זינו ושדזי עמך ויזהר. כולנו לשמך ולמד תורתך וישמע, ברוך אתה אדוני, המלמד תורה לאמור ישראל. אמן. ברוך אתה אדוני, ברוך אתה אדוני, נותן התורה. Topics tonight, Borer, separating, sorting, um, and Makeh Bukhatish, striking the last hammer blow. I'm going to start with Borer. I'm going to be learning with you from the top part of the resources, Sefer Lamentet Malachot, written and or rather translated by Rabbi Dovid Rabbait, who's actually from Eretz Israel. Great book, basically how it is. In, in my study, I came across at least three uh, different source texts that have all the um, the hilchot and the, the laws of the Sabbath, and then different uh, poskim writers, halakhic decisors, what have you, will we'll, 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 we'll take one of those sources, translate it, elucidate it, add graphs, make it practical for today, and this is exactly what that is. Excellent resource. They don't pay me to say it. But they, I should look into that. Is it in uh, English or Hebrew? It is. It is. Uh, it's in both. He has the actual the source text for each chapter at the end of it, uh-huh. and then each of the malachot are broken into numbers. So, wow. for example, bor, uh, borer sorting is number seven. So he's got a whole big chunk of seven, and uh, all, all in English. And then he's got the footnotes that correspond to the Hebrew source text. Yeah. Cool. So wow. Great. Great resource. So borer as a. Um, Introduction is considered by many Paschim and rabbinic decisors to be the most complicated and the most easily transgressible of all the Malachot because it is so widely and the course of natural human tendencies easy to overlook. We're organized. Exactly. So, yeah, I stopped myself just the other day, so I fucked through my shirts going, that's short sleeve. That's short. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. <laughs> that's actually okay. We're going to talk about that. Okay. Is that Minion? That's yeah, that's Greg Bartos. Greg Bartos. Oh, hey. Minion Man! Yeah. yeah. Really good. Good. Pull up a chair, stay a while. Not Shabbat, but Shalom. <laughs> yes. Borer right. is, is the, the, the Malachot of, of, of uh, sorting. If I revert to like Ash, Ashkenaz pronunciations, it's because they're in here. Um, <laughs> Some of us are at home with Let's them. Try hard that's fine. That's good. Malachos. Right. So a, a general introduction here, like I said, is, it is considered the most easily um, transgressible of, out of all of the uh, aspects of keeping the Shabbat. The Mishkan application is actually quite simple. It's really, it, all, it only re- revolves around taking what has already been um, uh, treated as, as, ch- as chaff, which has been threshed and, and sifted, and then it's brought to the to almost the point where it's almost ready to be made into flour, Except, apparently, imagine this, even through the, the, the threshing and the sifting, there's still imperfections in it which have to be removed by hand. That is, the underlying premise is there's, there's pebbles, there's pieces of the chaff that you still have to pick with your hands. Okay. And, then, and then once that is done, then it's actually flour that's ready to be made for bread, for the lechem um, panim, we assume. So that is the Mishkan application is just for the, the actual process of preparing bread to be, or rather flour, to, to be made for bread. Um, and as simple as it is, there's a lot of applications and, and, and other food 
food-related items is probably the majority of modern border applications. And then there's also non-food items, which are the, which are relevant. Um, and this is, like I said, is this is everything there is to know about um, Borer from, from the source text. And it, it does get quite technical. But I found, for me, the easiest way to get it just is to focus on a few Hebrew words, which are terms that you'll, you'll need to know if you're going to try to, um, to, to uh, consciously make an effort not to perform Borer on, on Shabbat. First term you'll, you'll need to know is Ochel, food, we consider this word. And, and in the source text, it's always considered um, something that it, it could or could or it doesn't have to be food. Uh, like, you know, the Mishkan application is basically the flour that we're refining a little bit better. We really call that the Ochel. And then from the Ochel, which is what we want, the, de the desired food item, Ochel, you remove something called, um, I'm sure I spell it right, English. <clears throat> basolas. Technically basolat? Okay. Yeah, it is actually. But I'm just going to it's it, right? So, basolas is actually a mimic word for, um, for like, uh, garbage, for, for something you throw away. It's waste, basically. Chat. Chat. The chat, right. So, it's the, the undesirable thing. <coughs> um, the key phrases here is ochel, literally food, it doesn't have to mean food because the, the laws of Borea apply to um, non-edible things as well. But really, when you see Ochel, think the desired item that I want. When you see Pesolas, think of the undesirable thing I want. Mm, okay. Not that it's bad, not that it's not un unedible per se, it's just this is what I want right now. Like steak and the fat of steak. Right, yeah. So a classic example, and this is, is kind of like the first line of defense in this book, in, in this Sefer, is you have a bowl with a particular kind of fruit in it. We're going to say cherries, for example. So you have a bowl of cherries. Inside the bowl, you have good cherries, cherries that are ripe, ready to eat, and cherries that have seen better days, that are spoiled, not good, they got the brown spots. Um, how do you take what would be the, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the ochel, the, what you want, the, the, the desirable cherries, from the pasolas, which is the, the, the waste cherries that you're going to throw away? So, the, so that's, that's the problem. I, I have two things that are mixed together and I want the I, I want I want them to be sorted because I, I don't want to just stick my hand in the bowl and get a bunch of stuff I don't want to eat. So halakhically you have a mixture and that's kind of the the second thing is where it only exists because if there is a mixture or a combination. Uh, and so and, and, and the mixture halakhically has different steps but basically if there's two or more types of a food or desirable item um, that are that are in the actual phrases here are that are mingled or interspersed, embedded or attached, absorbed or interfused with each other. If any of those categories exist, you have a mixture halakhically, and thus the laws of Borea apply. So going back to the to the bowl with the cherries. So we have we have a mixture because they're um, they are embedded and they're adjacent to each other. They're touching the. You know, there's no way I can see exactly which one is a good cherry, which one's a bad cherry, without you know, having to dig through them. So the, this is the general rule, this is if, you're, if you do this 90% of the time you'll be fine, is you always take, the, you, you separate the ochel from the pasolas, the good from the bad. That's always what you do, and, uh, just one second, you always do that, assuming you have a mixture, 
Bayad and Miyad, which believe it or not actually means immediately. Miyad is like a small little red car. In the hand and by the hand. Right. So uh, just one second. So so the, the bowl of cherries. So I'm going to take the good cherries, the ones that I know I'm going to eat. I have to, using my hand, I cannot use a, a utensil necessarily. And I have to pick those good cherries from the bad in order to eat them or to use them immediately. And then I, and then the laws of, of barter have been um, appropriately applied in this situation. So, uh, questions? Well, <clears throat> I was just going to share a recent uh, example of where we had to apply the laws of barter. So, last, uh, I think it was last Shabbat, we had chicken for Arab Shabbat, right? So, um, as the evening, you know, was kind of uh, winding down, there was leftover chicken. Uh, my wife starts to, you know, pick up the, the leftover chicken, and she's going to pull, you know, pull the leftover meat off the well, bone. Off the bone, sure, the carcass, yeah. Yeah, so, we'll she, can, so she can discard the bones right, and just put the rest of the meat in the fridge, and we eat it, you know, yeah. the next day on, on Shabbat, right? But, ah, you know, under, according to the laws of uh, Borer, you can't do that. You can only do that if you're going to pick the meat off the bone because the meat's desirable, the bone is undesirable. So if you're going to pick it off and eat it immediately, then you're fine. But if you're separating it and to then put it in the fridge to, and then to put it in the fridge to eat later, uh, then you really? have, you would have transgressed the the malacha of or on mm. Shabbat. Back to uh, good. So what happens when you're trying to sort something that's not necessarily desirable and undesirable? So, for example, okay. I... Would that be desirable and undesirable? Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, so I have, I have flowers that I bought, you know, okay. for my wife, quote-unquote. And they're <laughs> quote, all good quote. flowers. There's just an assortment of different types. Okay. And I don't like that this flower is here. I want it to be over here. Uh, I see. They're all desirable, yeah, right. but I'm sorting. How does that apply? That here? would be uh, that would fall in the category of a um, ochel from an ochel. So if you're just if you're taking one thing and moving it to another thing, you're not separating it so you know, for, for a use. You're actually just rearranging. It's a mixture, but you got nothing bad. There's no right. solid. Right, that right. and that, and you're not you're not taking anything for use. You're not going to like eat the flower. You're just going to move the flower from from one location to another. So, so that's okay. That that as not that I'm a halakhic decisor, but I think that's fine. So okay. like on a food level, <laughs> would that be would that be a kind of akin to like if you uh, if you're one of those people who likes to keep their items and their plates separate? You know, the corn Actually, and the potatoes right. are getting mixed, so you separate them back out again, so you can eat them separately. Actually, on the plate, and we'll, 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 Do you like corn and we'll keep going. This is our Right. I mean, if you, if you got both of them on your plate and they got mixed by accident, but on, on the plate, them. it's actually considered um, a. You don't have roof. to worry about any, any type of mixing it's because because ah. the concept <laughs> is that. And well, I'll, 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 I'll keep going. I'll keep going. It'll make more sense. Okay, but, so then if um, you if you if you if you get white and dark meat, and you decide you don't really care for the dark meat, you, and it's on your plate, you can separate oh, yeah, it out. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. yeah. you're good to go there. Because now, unless there is, unless it's still on on the bone of the chicken, uh, for example, if the, if this is the chicken we're talking about, uh, it's just treated the same thing, the, the same way as fat. If you have fat, steak, or yeah, gristle, fat. something on 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 the actual piece of chicken that is that is pasolis for you, you're not going to eat it. You, there is a, just the, the simple concept of you take the ochel from the solid with, and, and this, in this example, you are allowed to use utensils, so okay. fork and knife, whatever. So that's what you cut 
the good and you leave the bad as, as much as possible. Yeah. Are you allowed to decide what is desirable and what is not desirable? Yeah. For, for, like if I was into Bruce Cherries. It is yeah, if, it, yeah. If, <laughs> if you're into Bruce the Cherries, then yeah, you, you can eat Bruce Cherries all you want. I think that's and, a psychological there's, disorder. There, there's a lot of other examples of that. Say, for example, you have a kid that doesn't like crust on their bread. And you make challah every week. And they want you to cut the crust off. What do you do? For them, it's, it's an issue of border air. So technically... This is um, a, a, an instance where you can you can separate the end of the crust, and it's uh, halakhically is is sort of um, there's there's a concept of derech baklal like the the generally accepted view of what is okay and what's normal what's acceptable because generally derech baklal people don't eat bruised fruit they don't eat rotten stuff um, and generally people eat bread regardless of you know which if it's got the butt on it or not. So, so basically what you do to, 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 to get to accept that, okay, this is my kid, maybe he doesn't like the crust of the challah, I'm going to cut a little bit on, and keep some of the actual, the, the white fluffy part on there. So that way I'm, I'm separating a good from a good, like derech klal is not that big of an issue, and, and you're fine. And, and you see that a lot with, with things that are like, you know. So in yeah, this house, you're reading it along. Right, there you go. So, uh, so, we, we, we're going to do Second example. So we have uh, two or more um, of the same type of, of fruit in the, in the bowl of cherries. Now take it a step further, now you have a jar of, of mixed nuts. Let's, let's assume you have almonds and peanuts and cashews, except that Peter is deathly allergic to cashews. They, they make him, like, you know, his head explode. So Peter, halakhically, again, he has a mixture because now there's two or more, now they're a different um, actual type of, of, of nuts. They're not all, they're not all peanuts. He's not removing good from bad peanuts. He's removing three different types of nuts. Uh, so what, what does he do? The exact same laws apply. I, I, even if they're a different substance, um, you so would still... leave the cashews right? in the jar. Exactly. Take the other ones. Yes. If he can. Exactly. But the fact that cashews touch the peanuts, don't do it. <laughs> now, he could do this. This is interesting. Since he's not going to eat the cashews, but say Colby loves cashews, that's all he'll eat. Peter can actually take the cashews on behalf of or right. for, for the purpose of Colby. Uh, so that way, so, so he can take what is, what is you know, which is the Ochel for Colby. Or, or even Colby could, could take the cashews for himself, yeah. leave the almonds and the peanuts for, for, for Peter, and they do the tag team thing and it's good. But uh, so, so it is a little bit of what is it individually, what is my Ochel, and what is the Derech Ochel uh, is, 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 is all important here. But so, uh, so in, in the example of the peanuts, you know, there's no big deal. Now, next thing, if you have straining impurities from liquids, this is uh, pretty common because, again, they're not, um, going back to what is halakhically considered a, a mixture, if things are absorbed or interfused, embedded or attached. So if you have a gallon of milk, and on the top you got that like yogurty substance, like the, the cream is kind of separated from it. Yeah. How can you sort the milk which you want, and all the cream on the top, uh, especially doing it by yad, by hand, can't do it. It's not, it's not feasible. And, and even if you had a spoon, which isn't, isn't acceptable in this case anyways, right, it, it is, it, this is an example where there's really no way to separate those. Now, you could, perhaps you could uh, pour it out there, get, you know, maybe get chunks of that in, in, into the milk to start with, Maybe shake it up a little bit, something like that. Then you're mixing, right? If you shake it, you're mixing, right? 
It's already mixed. Yeah. But well, I was I mean, just thinking you poke food. a hole in the bottom of the of like a shotgun and you just get the milk out like that. There you go. There you you go. tear it. Take it out the it. bottom. It's brilliant. Yeah. You can tear into it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You, can't you can also make a big mess while milk. <laughs> <laughs> But he's single. So that would violate. So, so, so just leave it there for a week and a half. That's right. So, so, so all those things are considered mixtures because they're two or more substances may not be may or may not be the same substance, uh, but they are basically uh, mixed and intermingled. Now, if you have a combination of something, which is a little bit different, which is the example of the meat being combined with the gristle, the fat, maybe a different cut of meat that's not a a ochel item for you. This is a combination. Same rules apply that you can um, use. You have to separate the, the, the desirable from the undesirable. So you leave the pasolic behind. has to be done uh, mead, immediately for, in other words, you, you don't, and this is a, 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 well, we'll get into this in a second. But if I'm, at, if I'm at the Shabbos table and I have a piece of chicken, I can't just cut all that you know, uh, meat, keep, keep the meat over here, keep the bones there. And then think, oh, I'm going to come back to that, you know, in a couple hours uh, after I mingle, because that would not be for an immediate purpose. So the idea is you're you're eating it uh, immediately, miyad. So what if what if though you're you're cutting up something like let's say the chicken example or mm-hmm. like a turkey or whatever, and you're cutting it off the bone, um, but you're cutting it off the bone to be served like onto the serving dish or something Excellent like question. that yeah. like it's going to be like at least some of it will be consumed immediately right. but hypothetically it may not all be like yeah, does it have to be right. eaten right away well I'll cover that in just a second but that's a collectively great question so so back to your chicken example from last hour the answer would have been sweetie let's just cover this and put it away for tonight put the whole thing away put it away tomorrow and then yes and then the next day for 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 sat midday Sabbath, right. we'll pull now it out. you can do it. Now we're pulling. You're pulling off the good stuff. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. That's a very good. Makes example. sense. Like right. I like that. So and um, so, so they have the, the chicken example. Now what happens? If you have a piece of fruit that's called a banana, which has a ochel section. You know, banana is ripe. It's good. But then there's a uh, a brown spot, something that's not desirable. So how do you remove the pistolas from the the ochel part of, what the, if of it's, the banana? What if it's ochel from my dog? Does that count? <laughs> so I can separate it, and get yeah. to the dog. <laughs> that would be a question for the local <laughs> right. Work with the humans, and then we'll get to the livestock. So again, the same will apply this time. I'm sorry. Using, what, what is the question? So it's so got a brown spot in the banana. Right. Right. You, you have a bad spot and something that is desirable. How uh, do you remove in the actual that? entity? Exactly. So and up until now, everything had to be done by yacht, by hand, right? When it comes to sorting the cherries, the nuts, whatever it is. Now there is, the exception is you can use a utensil that's common, again, the, the derech baklal, which would be the, the, the knife, the fork, or the spoon. You can use it if the same thing can be accomplished by a hand, but the utensil makes it easier. Um, so in this case, I could kind of squeeze it off or kind of chop the banana off with, with my finger, but that, the, the knife is gonna make that a lot easier. Now it is, now the converse of that, let's say there's a, a thing of soup and there's noodles in the bottom, and I don't want the noodles in there. I cannot, you know, if it's hot soup or if it's like a cholent or like something like that, Can't hands hands are going to work. Neither is a was is a, a kli, a, a, a utensil, going to work mm-hmm. for that purpose. Because if I couldn't do it with my hands, I shouldn't be doing it with the utensil, is the concept. So here, in the example of a banana with a uh, pasada spot, same concept. You cut off what is undesirable, 
and you keep what is the oh, questions. Okay, so I think I got it. Okay. Um, but I'm a little confused on the utensil deal. So um, I've got cherries. Okay. But they got the pits in them. Uh -huh. And I got this little gizmo, and it pops. pushes it, pops out the, the, pits. the pits. It depits it. It depits it. So it I can do it with my hands. Right. I just make a lot of cherry mush right. while I'm doing it. Is this a gizmo like your pepper shaker? Mm -hmm. This is manual. So can we can we can we use the gizmo for that? Here, another example. Yeah. Okay. I have an apple uh -huh. and we got a little suction thing with the crank. Stick okay. the apple on it. And now it de yes. it, it decores it okay. and it takes off the uh, skin. Cool. The apple one no. The apple we'll, one we'll no. Go to that and we'll go to that later. Okay. The the Removing the pit, I think, is similar to removing the core. And actually, halakhically, if you decore an apple with like little circular things, completely fine because it, it leaves yeah, more of a good apple. Right. Yeah, I it it leaves okay. more of the ochel. But when it comes to peeling, which is a, a different category I'm going to talk about later. So you're removing the bad stuff. Right. You can, not removing you the can good only stuff. peel with a knife. No, no, no peelers allowed on Shabbat. Okay. For more or okay. less the same reason of you want to leave a little bit more of the ochel. And then it's like think about the bread where you did the cut it off the bread. Exactly. Yeah, a little bit of white there, you're good. Ex exact same concept. Okay. Um, Brock. Similar example. Um, is is using your teeth on par with using your hands. So like your teeth yeah. you have a cherry with a pit. What I yes. usually do is I just spit it. Right. Yeah, that, that actually is acceptable and he's also single. There you go. South Carolina. Well, and, that, and that's actually a good question. What do you do with cantaloupe? Seeds from the watermelon. What, yeah. what do you do with watermelon? Also, it's actually a big halakhic question because are you allowed to take the seeds out from the watermelon and eat the watermelon? Because then you've removed the pasolet from the ochel. Right. That's that's not acceptable. But if you eat it, right. So so at one point, you can't spit it right. on the ground. You can't spit it on the but ground. The sink would be okay. Right. So so at what point does the ochel become? You know that the actual ochel process. In other words, if it's in your mouth, and you and you're swallowing the watermelon, and you've, you've you've moved all the seeds to one side of your mouth, and the watermelon is now in your throat, or the cantaloupe, whatever you have, and is that the process? You actually you've taken the ochel, and now what's left is the basolet, and now it's now you can you know you can discard that. Do we That's, need to do it that way? That, that, that sounds complicated. That is one method. That that is one method. There's others where okay, so you have this watermelon, you kind of you know sh shake out the seeds. You, you eat it, and then when the seeds are in your mouth, you get the napkin, take them out like that. Right. So, the, uh, with, with fruits, it becomes more technical, and I'd, I'd encourage everyone to... Skip watermelon on your Skip watermelon. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's ways there's different ways you can do it, but yeah, it overcomes... Prepare beforehand. Right, prepare beforehand. Like in general, using your teeth or something like that. Oh, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. You could just swallow the seeds. Well, or you, should, you, or you could buy a genetically engineered watermelon. Oh, that has no don't seeds tell Bill. It. Don't tell Bill. 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 Increase like fish pond, whatever. So what they would do is they take the fish, basically gut it, take all the insides out, all, all the flesh, and then spice it, add add the carrots, add whatever, and then in the process of that, kind of take out some of the bones, and then they'd actually put that back into the fish to cook it, and to get more of the flavor. And then on Shabbat you're supposed to take take it out. But the issue was 
once you put the, the, the meat back into the carcass, you bring it out, there's more bones in it. So what do you do with the bones? So we have the, the minhag of Ashkenazi Jews was to take, because it was whitefish, was to actually forget the whole carcass thing. We're what basically going to puree the fish, so that way there is no, you don't have to worry mush. about fish taking mush. out the fish mush. Yeah. You got fish mush. Doesn't make you just love the fish, fish even more. Fish, <laughs> fish yeah. mush. Fish it's mush. It's, it's like, got bones in it. It's kind of like the bones are ground yeah, up. It's okay. Right. So, and, that's, and imagine how hard that would be to try to remove ochel fish from a small piece of, of casalis bone. Yeah. Incredibly difficult. Yeah. So, the fish just became a, you know, the standard if you wanted to have white fish on, on, on Shabbat. In the Except it's no longer white fish, it's just fishy water. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, really what if you've got, like, um, well, I guess theoretically, then, if you remove fish from, like, skin at any time, right? Because, like, if you, uh, let's take a piece yeah. of salmon, sure. and it's got skin on the end. Absolutely. If you're eating the fish off the skin, that'd be okay. It's treated the same thing as, the same way as peeling. So, if you have an orange peel, you have an apple, um, the, there's there's discussion on uh, does the derech plal do, 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 does everyone remove say the skin of a tomato or the skin of an apple? Of course not. You, those are considered peels you eat. However, a banana, a egg, the shell is considered the same. Onions and um, wait. So what do you do with the banana then? Do you, how do you get some of the banana onto the peel? There was the, well that that, that was not point. So, so, so generally peeling, speaking, right. people don't eat the bananas. With peels, right? So yeah, like the uh, the the, the actual source text lists different fruits by name. So they have the ones that everyone does eat the peel of, right? Um, and a coconut, right. nobody's eating it, right? Exactly. You know? That one is more or less you don't want to be peeling them just because it's just, it's Pineapple. not you know it's you know, you know, if you don't have to why why would you get closer? It's kind of like the you know the ish type of thing. But if you wanted to peel an apple, that's peel fine. Only do it with a knife. Um, and again, only do it for bayad use, that is immediate use. And same thing with the fish, or, or uh, with the skin of a fish or the peel of an orange, you can do it. Um, uh, if you acknowledge that it has to be done with, with the, the same concept of you're taking the fish skin, or r rather the, the, the meat away from the skin, so you're leaving that behind so you can eat that. And, and it's, it's fine. And since it's on the plate, you can definitely use uh, so utensils. I guess I'm just trying to figure out then what's the issue with the bones. If it's on the plate, and you're removing the fish, because especially, generally speaking, um, it would be comparable, I guess, to like a seed in a watermelon. I mean, most of the time, you either pull the fish meat away from a bone you find, or you spit the bone out. And no, you're, you're that's the key. It. You're having to take the bone out of it. Oh, there's right. one bit of bone. Yeah, I mean, bone it, it, imagine bones, which can be the size of a hair. That's it. Uh, it's, it's not nearly impossible to, to try to take those out with just moving the fish. I mean, it's, it's just, and that's not pleasurable, and there's so many of them. But how is that, I'm just confused as to how that's Because you have to remove the good from the bad, not the bad from the good. Right, and especially if you have like the bone if on I, top if I have a If I have a piece of fish that's got bones in it, you're gonna go and I the take bone. the bone and remove it, right. I, I remove the bad from Even the good. Even if it's on your plate, right. it's the same thing. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it, as opposed to the taking the meat off the chicken bone, I'm taking the good, I'm taking the desirable off the bad. But what about when you're talking about like um, an edge of, you know, gristle on steak, how is that different? I'm because you're taking the meat good right. from the bad. And you're leaving You're your taking bad. it, you, where's your cutlet? You take it and you put it right into your mouth right. and leave the bad there. That's actually, that's the concept. It's actually amazing, when I was a boy, I used to stab the fat and cut, and my dad stopped me. It was no halaki thing. He just said, that's stupid, don't do that. That's a spiritual. You want to stab the meat 
It's going to cut off what you're going to eat. So wise. And he, he cut it, put it in his mouth, took my steak to do it. But, I mean, it was a great lesson. Mm -hmm. yeah. Never forget that. 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 That's your problem. My plate stabbed that. That's it. 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 There's another twin coming over there. All right. So, we talked about mixture. So, we talked about what is philosophically considered a mixture. So, now we'll go back to the example I have. Let's call it... Uh, the same bowl, and I have cherries, but this time there's also blueberries mixed in with it. Mm -hmm. And so you do the exact same thing. I only want the blueberries. Well, I'm only going to take the ochel for me, which is the blueberries, leave the pistolis, and as long as I do it with my hand, and as long as it's done by yad for immediate purpose, I'm good. Now, what happens if I have the bowl of cherries, Pete trips me, and I drop the whole entire bowl of cherries and, and blueberries, and they scatter across the table? Chalakically, do I have a mixture? No. no, no. Why? This is unintentional. Yeah, yeah, the dispersion. No. no, because, because of the dispersion. It's, it's right. apart. Right. They're no longer intermingled. They're no longer combined. They're all across the table. So now, since especially if you think about just logically, I can see where all the blueberries are. I can see where all the cherries are. We're in the bowl. I can see maybe the top layer. And that's it. So now I can sort those blueberries, put those in a different bowl, take the cherries, put those in a different bowl, and right. don't so, so, so the, the ultimate, the ultimate question then becomes... Can you pour stuff out deliberately to do so? That I actually don't know. If that's a good. That's a good collective question. I'd say why not. Put that one out. Well, because that would. It, it avoids seems the to be. Yeah. Well, avoids, now you're getting around Barrera. It right. It avoids the mixture, though. But. It, right. But, that's but the whole point is the unintentionality of spilling. You didn't mean well, to spill. That's it. the question. Or, or if they existed there already. Point. I mean, spilling is just the, the example I used to, to get into that process. But um, like they're actually the, the source text says, what if you do if you have bottles on the table, half of them are empty, the other half are full, brand new. No mixture. Right. No mixture. I can or take all the full. I can put them in the fridge. I can take all the empty. Put them in the garbage. Because you know the mixture. Right. But what if they're all inside of the same box that they came in, and they're kind of like a case of one. Exactly. And so I don't really know which one's which. And yeah. they're in the contained space. They're intermingled. Now I have Borer laws that apply. It's, it's because one, you have. It's all good. So we wait. So, in other words, it's because, for example, the fruits in a bowl right. and the wine bottles in a box, you have to individually, you have to do intentional seeking out right. Right. to obtain right. the yeah, answer. Exactly. You can't just right. simply glance and determine. Right. Yeah, Is that right? It, more or less, exactly. Okay. And, and there's basically, if there's space um, that, or if there already, uh, another example is silverware, uh, cutlery. If I have a drawer and with compartments of them, and I can I can get all the forks, close the drawer, and I'm fine. I get, and I can put them back and get the knives. That's fine. However, if I have just did the dishes, your wife just did dishes after the meal on Friday night, and they're just a big pile of, of cutlery right next to the sink, and I want to put those back, well, I can't just dig through all of those and get all the forks and put all the you forks just back. Got to pick up whatever, I just gotta whatever randomly, you happen to pick up. Randomly pick up one or a handful and say, okay, these go there. And so, so you're not going to be sorting those while you're putting them up, or um, if you're if you're setting the table, if you're yeah. if it's a, if, if it's oneg, and you're ready to set the table, um, and you have to do sorting, you can again do the the method here of the, of, the, the, of taking what's ochel. In this case, if you have just a big pile of, of cutlery, you know that's right next to the sink because they've just been washed, and you put them on the table. You can take uh, you know what you want from what from what is undesirable. So you take all the forks first. Put those together. Take the the spoon, the knife, whatever. As long as it's for a bayat purpose, yeah. that'll be used. 
immediately, you're good to go. And then when you get to the end, the only thing that's left, it's what you desire. There you go. <laughs> yes, that's um, true. Now, what about a situation where, like, um, you accidentally come across a solid? Like, for example, let's say you uh, you grab a pile of blueberries or whatever else, and uh, or strawberries or something, and you eat through the first two, and then the third one's got mold on it. Okay. And you're like, ooh, yuck. Now what do you do? Because now you've got, like, two more strawberries in your hand. One is good and one is bad. Like, how do... How, what, what is this? Can you like? Can you throw away the bad one? So your question is actually, how do I deal with Borer if I'm no good at it? <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, right? right. 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 I'm supposed to do this, but I blew it. So right. This is probably it's no longer a mixture in your hand, right? Uh, I mean, it, it's still good. If it's a mixture in your mouth, how is that any different? I, mean, I, 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 I would say no different as well. If it's in your hand, you just take the good one. Take, yeah, that's what I was take the good one, the right. one that's messed up. If half of it's salvageable, you do the whole just get get the knife and take the ochel away and throw the the okay. uh, so, uh, so away. And, and you're, so you're not pulling it out. You're just going to throw it away. You're just not going to eat it. So right. You can pull out the good one. If I'm no. But if all you have left is the bad one, you can throw it away because you're not safe. Exactly. Right. There you go. <coughs> Just a quick point of clarification with the silverware and the setting mm -hmm. of the table. I just wanted to understand because let's say you were doing that, you were kind of taking a, a few things or maybe even just one at a time right. and saying, oh, okay, this is now desirable because I need to use it all anyway to set right. the table, but I'm just going to set this one in particular. With the with all the other examples, the pasilla was literally like we're not going to use it at right. all as opposed to like just not now. Is that where the mayad comes in, like the immediately? With the separation of the silverware for the table? Good question. That, and this will be a good time to introduce uh, a new concept. So, miyad, if, if, if you're using something for an immediate purpose across the board, that's always okay. But there is a concept of, okay, but what happens if I have to set the table and we're not going to eat for an hour, but I need to set the table? Or we're not going to eat for 10 minutes? How, what, what's, what's immediate? How do you define an immediate purpose? So, the halacha is, that there is lifne seuda is the term before a meal, or even so there's some other terms I heard, where halakhically um, you can, and this only pertains to food, from what I know, you can prepare food or uh, the, or a table to eat food on um, within within a certain amount of time, and the most strict is only for the allotted time that it takes for the preparation to be complete for whatever item you're making. So, for example, if I'm peeling eggs to make an egg salad, that takes you know, five minutes max, depending on how many eggs I have. Um, so I can only prepare those ahead of time for about five minutes before the meal is ready, or before that dish needs to be ready. So that's the most uh, So the most whatever strict. is reasonable for the task? Yeah, exactly. That, that's the most strict. Now, the most common is to say 30 minutes is actually a good thing. So if I have guests that will be joining us for Oneg, and it's 11.30, they're going to be here at noon, I got 30 minutes I can set the table all day long, I can chop, I can peel my oranges, I can do whatever I want in those 30 minutes. And that's my buffer of saying that it's not, I don't have to worry about, but yeah, I don't have to like chop the eggs and then eat them real quick or like, you know, like throw them at, at the guests when they start sitting in the door. <laughs> Wait, so you have, you have to take it now! You have it up until 30 minutes? So you, you have can, up until 30 minutes. So I could start preparing all morning and then once that 30 minute marker comes, I have to that's, stop or I have no, to no. start? Oh, you, have to start you have to start at the 30 minutes. Okay. Um, and and that's that's kind of like the most common. Sephardic huh. halacha coming down from from the Benish Chai. This is like an hour. Say, is, is, is an hour because his <laughs> his actual thing is uh, like until when can can we start making like the actual preparations? 
is when the men would start to come home from the shul after davening, which is an hour, everyone agrees. So, I can peel my orange and get them all pretty on a plate an hour ahead of time, and I'm good. And the last thing on the, uh, on, on the time difference, if I have, uh, there's a big simcha, I have like 30 people coming to my house, and I have to make a cucumber salad, for example. I can peel that cucumber and get that salad ready, prepare everything, for as, and this is super lenient, and this is, I've seen this across the board, for as long as it would take. So if I have to wake up at seven o'clock in the morning to make a big enough cucumber salad for 30 people, because I have a simcha or something like that, a, a not common occasion, but it'll take me that a lot of time, I estimate and I say, okay, this is, this is what will be uh, acceptable for time constraints, so I can sort and not use it immediately, and I can wait that amount of time. Gotcha. So, uh, questions, you, you. All right, um, just to make sure I got it, because I'm going to go back to That's the silver thing. So, <sighs> I agree, so I have I'm, the same question. I'm emptying, <laughs> I'm emptying the dishwasher, okay. and, and I want most of this silverware to go on the table for Onik okay. at noon. If I got what you said, uh-huh. 30 minutes ahead of time, I can take all the forks and put them on the table. Yep. Take all the knives, put them on the table. Yep. Take all the spoons and put them on the table. And whatever's left that needs to go in the drawer, I leave in the dishwasher. I'm a big fan of Sephardic Holocaust. It'll be an hour. It'll be an hour, okay. <laughs> Yep, for, for the last thing, what's left that you don't need, I think... Because I don't need right. it, I can just grab it all up. But it won't be used I in think that it's, right. it's not going to be immediate, so... Drawer. I'm yeah, just curious. That, that's, that's a good question. I don't know. That's two I got that's good. That's, yeah. But that's not helpful. I would say, even though... Oh, no, oh, actually, yeah. I, yeah. I think you would have to leave it in the dishwasher. Yeah, because it's what's similar to laundry. If I have a basket of laundry... That's what my question was. Right, so I have a basket of laundry, okay. some of it's clean, some of it's dirty. I'm trying to go, I can, to, to, to go to the right. shockery, right. and I'm looking for a pair of socks, and right. they're in the laundry basket mixed in with a bunch of other stuff. And right. I, I can take the pair of socks, the ochel, the ochel from that, but I have right. to leave everything else. That's what right. I thought. Yeah, right. That makes sense. So right. you just leave it there, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Just, just leave it there. There's no the, the downside. To, to put away right. the silverware. Yeah. Right. Yeah, just leave it because it's, it's like sorting all the rest of the socks. I'm not right. using them. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to use them in an hour, so we out. I got you. Okay, cool. Yeah. Which is why, so you don't sort your laundry on Shabbat. Right, right. Yes. So, now, you mentioned making a salad, and I'm really confused and surprised about this. I thought the rule was that you can only make, prepare food that you, that essentially is like for you. I didn't realize that you could prepare like, um, on Shabbat, no, not a Yom Tov, but on Shabbat, like a, a whole dish. It's cold. So you can well. I mean, you can make well. Define what you mean by dish. You can make a salad, which is by chopping up vegetables, chopping up fruits. Completely fine. You, 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 you can definitely yeah. Even even finely, even like an Israeli salad, you, you can do that on Shabbat. And huh. for others is um, just, you just can't finely chop. There's there, there's a, right. There's another. Yeah. I mean, that's what moms do. Yeah. They're always making food for other people. That's that's what moms right. do. And 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 I have I have observed that with you know the different houses I've been in here in Charlotte is like thirty minutes before they start the second meal, all the women are in the kitchen getting things done, and then and it's kind of like a you know we get it fast so we can bless and we can eat that kind of thing. So um, now what about like um, 
I'm sorry, this is diverging into a different subject slightly, but what about like mixing liquids? Like uh, like if you're, um, you want to add sugar to your, your sweet tea for everybody, or if you want to, um, or, or I don't know, I'm just thinking even like making, making a mixed drink. You're not sorting. That, that, yeah, that, is, that has nothing to do yeah, with uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. taking out of something. That, that's creating a mixture? We're not right. concerned with that. We're creating, with taking something out of a mixture. Well, because the salad was creating one, so that's why I was kind of curious. Because you're taking the skins and things off, but then you're putting all the pieces together. That's that's entirely fine. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can you, you can create that 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 salad all you want. That's fine. Because yeah, they they remain like individual. Except we wouldn't use the word create. We can assemble. Not going to assemble anything. We can assemble a salad. I'll build a salad. There was a document like construction trying to assemble a salad. That's right. So we have here. Leave that. Leave this one. We have like four sidorim on the table. Um, two of them are Ashkenazi, one's Ashkenazi with leather, one of them Sephardic and it's small. Right now they're considered halakhically a mixture. I cannot, I cannot be like, uh, when, when I go to put these back, I cannot say, okay, let me grab these first and then grab that. Okay. that so basically, when you put a, uh, a group of books, chumashim, whatever, back, you actually have to take all of them and or else, or, else you, or else you'd be taking the ones that you want here, leaving the ones you don't want, and then sorting them on the shelf. This is kind of a specialized thing. So what you do is you actually take all the books, just nonchalantly put them wherever they fall, mm-hmm. even if they're out of order, and, and, and you're good to go. And then in synagogues, there's actually the thing for the younger boys to do. 30 minutes uh, before the next minion, they actually would go, and, and if, if you've got like the, uh, if you have a chumash on the same shelf that only the Sidorim go. It's like the, the bar mitzvah boy thing for like 30 minutes before davening, they go and actually fix the shelf so that it's prepared. It's, um, and it's, oh, it's not going to be used immediately, but they have the 30 minutes. Uh, Very interesting. So, 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 so when it comes to actually sort, because as you see here, I'll, you know, I have to put that back where I got it. Those two are fine. I have to put this one back over here. So now I'm just taking stuff that I didn't want and put it right. I wanted it, and it's just a whole mess. Right. So that's that is the uh, a, a, a good example as well as toys. If I have like a chessboard, and the, they got individual pieces that have to be put in their own little compartments. And when I'm done with the game on Shabbat, you basically put you know you're them. done with the game. You put the board in the box, fold it in half, dump all the pieces on it. Don't don't start sorting them and putting them in their in their locations. Perfect. And sense. you're fine. Makes sense. Yeah. What about if you have like a couple of books like let's say you know I grab um, you know my wife's Siddur and Kumash and my Siddur and Kumash they're all in like a stack right. can I like find the Siddurim and start off with that then I guess I'd be like moving the old yeah, film, right yeah, yeah. If, if you're going to use it immediately right, yeah. yes like the only reason why you have to put them all back is you're not going to be using them immediately right. okay. but yeah it, it's a good you're, and in your case, you're leaving everything else behind. You're just right. picking out yeah, what you I, want. I, mean, I, I can go pick a book that I want. Absolutely. If, okay. if I'm going to learn with it immediately. Because yeah, you're leaving behind right. what you're not going to use. Exactly. Great. That kind of answered my question I was going to ask okay. about a big pile of chess pieces, and then you're sorting them on the yeah. board. So you're getting ready to use them, and it sounds yeah. like okay. Yeah, so, and that's actually very practical for children's toys, because mm-hmm. basically the, the, the kids don't need to sort what toys they're going to put up first, because that's like taking what you don't want and putting it away. So you basically just scoop the toys, put them in the toy box. And <laughs> Kids love that, man. They do that anyway. Perfect so sense. Yeah. Last thing, um, when it comes to uh, things that are attached to each other, um, and so you see this more with food. For example, you have a candy and a candy wrapper. 
like halakhically, it's not a mixture, but it's a combination because they're they're combined, they're infused. One, one's on top of the other. You see it also with like a, a cake and with icing. If you're a guy that doesn't like icing on the cake, you shouldn't be removing the icing from the cake. Um, unless unless there's someone else that likes it, you can give it to them. Or unless you want to slice like a layer of the actual cake along with the icing off. But it's sort of a hard deal because they're both combined. There's no way you can separate them. Um, and so it's, it's, it gets kind of kind of tricky there. But if you have like you know a, a piece of gavelta fish and there's carrots on top, and there's nothing, there's just they're just carrots on top. They're not connected. There's there's no sauce on it that's like congealed and they weren't cooked together or something like that. You can you can take those carrots off all you want. Eat eat the gavelta fish. It's fine because they're not they're not connected. Um, but like with a, with the cake with like a, uh, or the um, like the what do you call it, the, the stem of a fruit that's actually connected to it, then then the laws of Bora do apply there. Last thing when it comes to so, soup. Yes. So if they apply, I gotta hold the stem, pull off the fruit, and it. eat it right away. There, there is some, I think the coring thing works. There's some other like technical things of how you de-stem or take vines off of fruit. Okay. Um, also, like if you have an apple with a little sticker on it, Yeah. so you actually cut the, like, a, a chunk of the apple around it off with the stick and throw it away. Okay, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So there's, there's some oh, technical stuff. Yeah. Ooh. Um, last couple things when it comes to soup. Two things to think about. Right? Yeah. But when it comes to soup or, or something that is, uh, there's there's a mixture, you have like a cholent or some, something where there's liquid and there's a big matzo ball in there. Halakhically, not a mixture because undeniably the matzo ball is not part of the liquid. Um, so I so I can use I can use a utensil I can use a slotted spoon to get that piece of chicken that potato that matzo ball out of the soup put it in my bowl don't have to worry about it now if there's like uh, a bit because of the size difference primarily and um, liquid solid is is very um, is it's it's easy to remove it it's basically a size difference it's you know it's it's easy to do and there's um, it's obvious. Unmistakably, right? It's obvious. Split piece now, soup. Right, right, yeah. So if you have smaller things like noodles, for example, ch- china noodles that are in your soup, okay. the laws of Bora do apply there. So if you don't want the noodles, you don't want the broth, leave the noodles in there, just drink the broth. If all you want is the noodles, then you got to find a creative way to make the, the Bora laws apply, and I would just suck it up and eat it. <laughs> Literally. Uh, last thing that I know which is good is the uh, making tea. This is good. The tea leaves inside of a tea bag would be uh, the tea bag would actually be considered a kli, a, a, a vessel. So, so and you remember you can't use vessels. In this case, you can't use your hand to get the tea bag because it's hot. So, how do you get the tea bag out of the tea? Simple. That's what the spoon comes in handy for. Is that you, what the strings for? Well, no, because because then now you you uh, the tea bags is the tea, yeah. but the pouch that it's in is is, a, is taking the place of a vessel. Okay. You can't use a vessel right. for for air only when you can do it with your hand anyways. In this case, you can't, you can't r- remove a tea bag in the cup with your hand. Right. Um, so you actually use basically a cliché, a second vessel, in this case just a spoon. And all you do is you just scoop, scoop up the tea bag and make, make sure there's a little bit of tea in there. So you're taking a ochel from an ochel type of thing, discard it and you're good to go. Okay. So making tea is, is very simple. So that's the basic premise of um, of Borer, and any other questions I have before we move on to the next one? The next one's a lot easier. Yeah, that was cool. It was awesome. That was a good job. Well done.
next week. My new library helped out. Yeah. So, like, this coming Shabbat, everybody's going to just be watching everybody. Oh, what? I forgot. No, that's this one. Never mind. Okay, next uh, Malacha is number 36. Makay Vapachish. Oh, yeah. Cool. This one's pretty cool. This is actually, it's funny, I probably got the most difficult, and this is probably the most lenient and easy, because you don't really come across it much. This is the last blow thing? Yeah, so this is the last hammer blow. Make sounds like Maccabee, hammer, Vapachish, mm. striking, or like the, the last hammer strike. Uh, so and this one's fairly easy. The Mishkan application of it is, so you have all the, the, the planks in that, that made up the wall, they were all covered with gold. Traditionally what they would do is they had actually gold sheets, almost like aluminum foil. They would kind of fold them on there, and then in order to secure them, even though they were pliable, you still had to nail the sheets into the actual planks. So application one would be that, like, like securing and completing the actual planks with, with, with the hammerhead, not a good deal. So that's application one. The second application was actually uh, repairing or fixing a utensil um, or a tool or something like that is would also be the extension of basically it's, it's it has all the potential to be a functioning tool, but I have to just complete one aspect of it for it to be a functioning tool. That would also be a no-go on Shabbat. The last one is, um, is like, not, not, not really applicable today, but um, at, at, in, in Torah times, if you're on the anvil and you have your hammer and you're actually flattening something out to make it pliable, what the, the smith would do on every Shabbos. fourth, not on, not on Shabbos, but every fourth blow, instead of hitting the metal, yeah, it hits yeah, the anvil yeah. to actually make the, the, the hammerhead um, cool. flat and to keep it even so there's no imperfections from the actual metal. So uh, today, it's... I, I, I didn't really see any Williamsburg. Uh, I mean, they, they did. Yeah, right, they bang, 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 ball, bang, 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 ball. Yeah, and he just kind of bounces it there. Yeah, the ball. And then the whole idea is that you actually just that motion itself will, will preserve and repair the surface mm. of the hammer if it gets spin out of shape. And he and he can't do that. On can't Shabbat. can't do that on Shabbat. Well, you shouldn't be hammering anyway. So, should be so hammering you yeah. and making a sword? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I got to take a sword question. Plow. Well, it was a similar question because you're talking about fixing Worship. show. Obviously, you can't create on Shabbat, just in general. But as far as striking the last hammer, bro, you can't. Like <coughs> if you're forging a new, new tool. Well, creating and repairing, creating and restoring are different things. Right. Like in other words, I have, and I'll just go right into it. Um, modern application of this, I have a keeper clip that is lost its tension. Oh. It needs to be bent just a little bit more to get the tension right. Or a safety pin. It's bent out of place and it won't clasp properly. It's got all the potential for a safety pin. I'm not creating a safety pin. What I'm simply doing is repairing what is an un, a non-functioning safety yeah, pin and yeah. making it a proper safety pin. That would be a, the last blow. Uh, that would be okay. repairing something. Yeah, that makes sense. So does it apply to creating something? Like you have all the ingredients for safety pin, it's just not assembled. Assembled. Assembling. That's, uh, a totally that, that's actually that would be the malacha of bone of uh, building. Yeah, different, right? Okay. And and believe it or not, there's there are some um, complements between this one and, and building, but but I mean sort of. Yeah, I guess we'll just leave it there. But yeah, that's a good, good option. Well, you could see you could see that the the people would be. Hey, look, I'm not making a safety pin. I'm just right. like the last step, and it's like no, the last step right. because it relates to hammer. Mm, right. <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah. yeah there is right. There are some things of if I'm gonna. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, you do. 
So why would you do that on Shabbat? That's the question. Yeah. Well, you I, I think the keeper clip is a perfect example. Yeah, that's okay. You got to put your keeper on, and the clip won't work anymore. And if you bend it, it will. You need to check the keeper clip just like your zitzit knot before the Sabbath starts. So if not, you do always carry an extra set It's like you always carry an extra set of zitzit. There you go. So can you carry zitzit around? An extra set. The basic laws of makavipatish are very simple. Here's some like practical examples straight from the book. This is kind of a weird one, but fashioning a hook from a coat hanger to get something that fell behind furniture is actually an example. Of or to get in your okay. car. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Not so that you'd be driving, so but just to get into it. Right. So, so you drop your keys and you don't be fashioning a hook with any type of wire in order to scoop right. out smooth huh. furniture. Like, that, way, that way you'd be putting potential what what is a perfectly functioning you know hook, and you're extending it, you're perfecting it. And no good. Uh, another really good one is if you have a brand new book, a safer that has pages that are still attached from from the oh, yeah. publisher that were cut properly. If that happens on Shabbat, do not tear those, right? Because then you would, you have made a perfectly um, complete and repaired book, basically. Mm. It's a no go. Also, um, plus you might tear between mm. letters as well. Oh, there, that yeah. would be really erasing. Erase. Yeah. So, uh, let's yeah. see. Oh yeah, if you have. Jewelry, uh, uh, an earring, for example, this is a common one, um, and it won't close because the the little I don't know what you call the the, point, the pointy part is bent. I don't wear earrings. Um, you Crazy cannot be bending that back on, on Shabbat. The last um, but and here, here's a here's a good exception to so that's the, just the like to keep it closed. right? Yeah, because it's not it's not considered functioning. But if I have I don't have one with me, but like a necklace with the star of David on it, it's just a pendant that will that can come right off the chain, no problem. It's not considered broken. I don't say my, my necklace is broken because the pendant has slipped off. You can put it back I on. I can put it back on all day long. Why? But when the yard chain mm, busted... You can't yeah. do that. You, right, how, the how, chain you put, how do you put yeah. it on the pendant, though? Like, well, it's like, I wish I had mine with Put it on the chain. You can put it on yeah. the chain. So, like, 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 it's, like, it's got a loop. It's yeah, got okay. a loop. But suppose that loop becomes... That's what happened to the yard. The chain, one of the links opened up. Fixing it. Gotcha. Yeah. Wait, I don't know if you can run stuff through a loop. That was what we talked about. But that's for sewing. This is for, in other words, repairing, which is if like, if part of the clasp had was bent out of place so it wasn't closing properly, it could not bend it back in place. That would be repairing. But restoring, so the pendant came off the necklace. Because you may actually store Several right. different knobs. Right. There you go. Right, well, and well, I'm going to wear the green one today. Right, exactly. Right. And, and I think as far as ours goes, I think mm-hmm. you actually still can do this because ours are specifically talking about a, a, a loom. A loom. Right. Which this is not a loom. Right. It's and it's not necessarily thread either. So yeah, they talked not. about the loom. You talked about the fruit. I think we made this joke before. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so I, I found that one good. Go underwear, so <laughs> and, <laughs> I, I, another application of this one would be it's kind of a weird one. The source text, the, the source text goes into detail about is pillows. So you have a pillow that the the stuffing has come out is, is coming out on, on on Shabbat. You can, believe it or not, take the old stuffing and put it back in the pillow. Stuff it back because you're 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 restoring it back to the same thing. But you can't be taping or trying to sew together the hole that the stuffing came out of because right. that would be repairing. Right. Or you can't take new stuffing or new feathers, put it into the old pillow. 
Because now you're just doing crazy stuff. Yeah. And that's yeah. crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's crazy. Kind of the new villain. Don't do crazy stuff. Don't do crazy stuff. Or, yeah. or, yeah. or yeah. It, right. It's oh, never with sugar and stuff you don't do. If you have a pillow and it needs to be flunked, it's all whatever. Completely fine. Again, because you're not repairing a pillow. You don't look at a pillow and say it's broken if it's not fluffed. Unless you're... Again, uh, sugar. <laughs> so, so what you do is so you, you, you can fuck the pillow all day long because you're not repairing, you're just restoring. So that, that's a, a, a big part of that. Um, also, uh, oh yes, tr- trimming off excess you know, moldings from a low-quality plastic mold. If you have, for example, a cheap plastic silverware and they're stuck together or something like that, or they're chop- chopsticks, if you have a pair of chopsticks, break them apart. don't break them apart. Because now you would have made a functioning item it wasn't and you completed it. You, str- you hit it with the last hammer blow. Not good. Hmm. Uh, the, the other one that comes out a lot is you cannot... But if your plastic statue of Mary on the piano <laughs> has a little excess, can you... That's not edit- editorialized that one. Okay. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> shoelaces... Don't, don't be putting new shoelaces on an old shoe. If, if your old shoelace happens to actually like, rip, fall out, it's you know, and, and it's all over the floor. You can you can relace the old laces to the old shoe. You just can't replace with new laces. So you can't put on new laces, but right. you can no use the old laces. Right. Yeah, that's kind so of. So the only way to fix the old lace is to tie the ends. Yeah, so, 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 but that so, wouldn't be a temporary now because you're going to leave that in there. What are you But after the shabbos, you just take that right. So market potish again. If you're completing or perfecting something, repairing it, that's that's where you draw a line. If you're just simply restoring it, it's okay. Except if the item is considered to be um, a very permanent item. Like if you're going back to, to the necklace and the pendant. We don't say it's broken if the pendant falls off, but if the leg of this chair falls off, we say it's broken. And you right. don't fix the leg of the chair. Right. If another one is, if you have, uh, this goes back to the the original application. If a tool is broken, you don't fix it. So if I have a broom, the broom handle unscrews. I don't put it back in because it's how often does the the handle of a broom just randomly fall off? Not often. It's well, a permanent tool, right. and I'm not going to fix right. that on Shabbat. So, but if it was. Um, you know, like if you had something where like the like you have a sword dust hidden hand, in your cane. There you go. You can. It's good. Okay. Um, a few other things with this one. That's right. There is a lot of discussion on a shaitel, which is a, the wig in Judaism, because that there's actually the majority of make make is how do you maintain the shaitel? Um, is there wires in it for fitting? I don't. I don't. I'm just know. guessing, but uh, so if I'm if you're sure. if either of your wives or whatever like decide to get a shaitel, have them read on that because I didn't really go into detail. Okay. Um, but for example, if uh, clothing is actually very very lenient, there's you don't have to worry about anything. So like buttoning, zipping, putting your belt on, all fine, except if you have a brand new suit and the pockets are so still hemmed, are still uh, what do you yeah, call so it? Yeah, yeah, you cannot you remove those stitches because now you've completed it. Right. Or if you have, um, yeah, if, if you have, uh, if you went outside and you got um, burrs or, or uh, twigs on you or something like that, you can take those off all day long because you're you're restoring the suit back to where it was. Um, if you went to the tailor and they made a hem mark with chalk or with something on it, uh, which uh, on, on on the, the hem of your 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 thingy, 
Don't wipe that off. That is because it was considered being because it was considered in being in the process of repairing. Right. You, well, you it also touch. runs into laundering when you're talking mm-hmm. about that because, like, if you get dust on your pants, you can't brush that off on Shabbat either. Unless you're leaving it town. Really? Like, like not well. I mean, you have to be like careful with it. Like, you there's like a you can't like I'm trying to tell how this works. You can't remove something that's embedded. So, like, if you get dust in your pants, I guess you can like lightly brush it off, but you can't like really get it. Okay. Try to like you can shake it off. You can't like okay. Yeah, because exactly the birds are on the outside. Yeah, because there's discussion on what's considered a light restoration, um, which is which is like basically just a clothing discussion. If I have like a trench coat which has a belt inside the loops, the belt comes off. Yeah, I can put that in. I'm just restoring it back to where it was. Right. Uh, So, you know, basically things like that. There are some really interesting ones. Like winding a clock is permissible. I still get the dust thing. Why? Why can't you get dust? Wait, so we can, cool. unless the dust is embedded, embedded in it. You've been uh, rolling right. around in it with people. Yeah, even though you wouldn't necessarily wash it, simple to think about washing it. Right. It's like it's like if you get a, if you drop food on yourself, you can take the piece of noodle off of your shirt, just not but you sauce. can't scrub the sauce off. Yeah. You can flick it off, but whatever is there, you can't you can't move it. Man. Switch to out. But you can wind the clock. Yeah. No, just I, yeah, yeah. You you could you can wind a clock or a baby swing. It has some because you're not, cause you're not restoring. You're not restoring it. You're, you're right. Putting, you're, excuse me. You're not you're not repairing it. it. It's not broken. You're not finishing right. it. It's not broken. a clock, so it can. Fly. All you're doing is all you're doing right. is restoring it to its normal functioning. Exactly. Basically, that's the, the, the way you look at it. If this object is not functioning, do I consider it broken, or do I consider that's it good. Uh, not being primed, you know, and, and for its functional use? So, because if I can restore it by by triggering that, you know, and priming it, it's fine. But if I have to actually repair it, because even if I prime it, it's still not going to work. Then it's then, then you're not going to. It's do broken. It. Yeah. Gotcha. Wait. Is this so, uh, uh, music box, no problem. Uh, actually, other issues there. Uh, music box, interesting. That's the exact same concept as a clock, though. It's all just gears. That's what I'm thinking. But I just, just got to wind it up. But, but the music thing, well, well, that, 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 that leads me to the next concept. Yeah. Why are instruments rabbinically prohibited on Shabbat? The string might break them. It goes to Bone, or so sorry, it goes to here, Maki Bepatish, because tuning would be a completing of an instrument. Or if the string breaks, exactly, it's you don't. It's hard to compel yourself not to repair it. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think, and Peter might agree with me here, when it comes to music, like a triad, you know, you got three notes that are going to make up a particular chord. If two of those notes um, exist, you really don't know what the chord is, and so you have that third. You, then you've completed, you've res- you've um, made that, and it is a, it is and it will always be that chord. There is some discussion there on like, do you have to go that far? No one completes it because they, they're like, well, we're not, you know, we're not going to play instruments anyway, so why, have, why waste Well, there this is also the discussion with um, music because the fact that it was permissible in the temple. So I, I feel like there's, like, the well, main reason I've read was always the, 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 the breaking of the instrument. That was the problem was potentially trying right. to fix it. Because, like, music by itself, quote-unquote, I never saw that as being an issue. Like, they... Because they acknowledge that it was okay oh, yeah, yeah. within the temple confines. Right. The temple is special. Right. Exactly. Just just like like working on Shabbat's when there. Yeah, Shabbat's yeah. there. Shabbat right. Work. There. Yeah. There is um, yep. like whistling, singing, um, hand to item percussion is fine. Right. Because that that's music. Although that clapping, I've heard, is actually questionable. 
Um, there actually is. I have. I haven't heard from a, from like a credible source. I actually. I think. That. I think I've heard that as well. Yeah. So as, as, as I think it's a Baptist kind of thing, or what? well, yeah. But but I mean, I mean, you see. Well, so it, actually, Rocks, I think right, it's like pounding. It's, 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 right. Oh, yeah. It has to do with with music because that's actually one reason why when you bench, you slap the table. When that's but why, not with both the hands, though. So, so right. Yeah, yeah. But but you're not clapping. Right. But you like, can. Oh, yeah. I think you were the ones who right. you told me hands you can't do it with You had to stub one hand, is that right? Uh, it wasn't me. Told you. No? no, no, yeah. You, you can go <laughs> both hands. He's like a two-hand pound. Right. But but there is there is something about, and I, I think it does relate to my Kaddish maybe, but that clapping along with singing, something like that, it's almost like a Church of Christ type of thing, is going to do. But you can smack the stender, smack the book, smack uh, the table, all you want, and that's encouraged. That works. That was big, um, oh oh the only big one here, and this is pretty neat, is aluminum foil or disposable plastic items. Um, so here's the deal: aluminum foil, if it's pre-torn, we're assuming, uh, and we we fold it and we use it for something, that's fine. However, you cannot unfold it, smooth it out, and use it for something else. Cannot. Right, because you would be basically returning it back to its original functional use. use. Yeah. So if it's already crumpled up and it's been used for something, Must stay you can put it on something else, but you can't unfold it, smooth it out, and, and make it primed you know, as if it was repaired. Mm -hmm. so, so that's considered a repair and not a restoration. And, yeah, for aluminum foil specifically, yes. I'm talking about the Tully folding it. Yes, oh, thank it. you. Yeah, yeah thanks right. for reminding me. Yeah, this good. also goes to... Um, a, 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 Rabbinic extension to the talit on Shabbat, you do not fold it, fold it on the same creases, different creases, do, right? or so, roll it, or just wad it up there, something like that. Yeah. So you can roll, actually, you can roll it so yeah. it doesn't wrinkle. It's yeah, just rolling. You're not supposed to follow this. The key right. is you're not supposed to follow the same creases. Yes. Roll it and wait. Interesting. Right. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah, so you got. Six, I have two sets of creases on my. Yeah. <laughs> Six days of the creases. The creases. Oh, those aren't the creases. Those aren't the creases you were looking and, for. And the last thing was, is if, if you have this is an interesting one, you have like a two liter soda bottle. Um, this is the best example. And you have the plastic lid. You know how it has a little ring that when you twist it, the ring remains and the plastic lid on top comes off. If you actually look at it, technically, those two pieces combined have potential to become a cap. Like a, a, a removable uh, cap, so you, so you can put it back on. Once you break the seal, you've now created or you know completed the cap that can be you know put put on and, and off. And right, because uh, before that, it's, right. it's a seal. Right. Colloquially, that's an issue. Once now, you if you have a pickle jar and and the uh, the metal lid, that's fine because they're already. Mm, Wait, they're made for that. Yeah, no, but your question like is important. What about like uh, like a screw cap on like a white wine bottle? Well, well, here, so here is the halakhic uh, ruling on that. So if if it is an item that is a required for an, or is going to be enjoyed on Shabbat, like wine, like like wine, like like soda, whatever. Um, the again, like the derech kalal type of thing is you can uh, break it if it's for immediate purpose, right? And on Shabbat. Or if if you didn't have a chance to open up the Coke bottle or open up the screw top wine beforehand, you can uh, some and, and this is I think the, the minority some some poskim say you actually keep an old Coke <clears throat> Coke like lid basically like he's, the, the cap Thro throw the one you just made away basically keep the one that was made prior to Shabbat and use that 
Um, so I, I find that interesting. So, I mean, you can do it, but you don't want to be using it again. So if you if you do create if you do untwist the cap, throw that one out. So if we take if, if you break the seal and create a cap. Right. So if you pop if open the bottle of wine on Sabbath afternoon, mm -hmm. it's a white wine to enjoy it on Sabbath. To, to enjoy yeah. the wine. But what 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 about if you don't finish the bottle? Right here. Actually, not back on. And put that's it right. That works. It's actually not. Um, yeah, that that actually works. That works. I think that's why there's a See, lot. But, of but I'm just thinking, like the white wines, they oftentimes come with the rescrewable lid. Right, right. So you can still that. Can. Right, yeah, you so, can. Just, so so you can go two ways. You can go the, the yeah. lenient way. It's fine. You don't have to worry about it. Or you can do what some more strict Paschim say is you you have a spare. You have something like that. No, you just open it before shop. Or you open it before, before Shabbat. No, 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 well, no. I was thinking more about the issue of closing it on Shabbat. Right. You can close it if you didn't create it. If you broke the seal before Shabbat began, yeah, right. you can put it on and off all you want. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a good question. We always open our no, but it, Well, no, but yeah. I'm thinking it is important because, like, let's say you go out for, to someone else's house on Friday night, and then the next day for Oneg at home, you open up a new bottle of wine for you and your wife or family or whatever. And you drink all the wine. Well, I, that's ideal. Well, <laughs> that there is none left. That will solve the problem. Last very practical thing I mean, with Make Bapatish, if you have eyeglasses, that the lens pops out. Yeah. Halakhically, you cannot firmly place the lens back into the frame because that would be a repair of something that would. A, a functional but you can do the monocle thing right you can yeah right yeah you, you can, can be a hipster it. you can tape it in you just can't make it permanent you can't well you'd have to so pre-tear tear your tape pre-tear your tape that's true yeah little toilet tape but sometimes don't you buy your tape pre-torn sometimes you can actually yeah the scotch has stuff pre-torn you just stick it with post-it notes the key guys is to have actually increase my sight always have an extra so comment something yourselves while I get to the blessing page yeah, I'm recording my vlog. I sure think Jonathan did an excellent job. Yeah. Yeah. Commenting on ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's it. You always choose it. Okay. When the rabbis leave the study of all, oh. is that the title? That when is the title. <laughs> When the Zadikim take leave of each other at the study hall of Rabbi Yosef, they would say to one another, May you taste the sweetness of the world to come in this life. May you see your children's children come to faith. May your end be with the life of the world to come, and may your deeds affect the hope of many generations. May your heart ponder and achieve understanding of Torah. May your mouth speak wisdom to everyone you meet. May your tongue bring forth song as you praise the Holy One, blessed is he. May you have the self-control to look straight before you, and may your eyes be enlightened by the light of Torah. May your face shine like the brightness of the sky, and may your lips utter knowledge, your heart rejoice in righteousness, and your feet run to hear the words of the Ancient of Days. Everyone said? Amen. Thank you. Well done. Excellent. I just, uh, I forgot to talk about the spiritual applications. Well, go ahead. All right. Because I just want to say that this seems so practical and easy for me to remember, you know, and it, you, you did great. You wrote it home. I forgot, and this is where I wanted you to help. You have time. So what is the laws of Bore are trying to teach us? Why can we not sort things on Shabbat? If Shabbat is a picture of Olam Haba, why, why are we not supposed to sort The sorting has been done for us. Did, did not God create everything in that first week by separating? He separated mm -hmm. the light from the darkness. Right. You know, and it's not that... He, 
although it is cool if you wanted the light and not the darkness. But anyway, um, his his act of creation is one after another separation. That's true. Maybe because it's like post judgment. That's that's kind of one thing I thought of. Well, the, because the specific Mishkan application is literally separating the wheat from the chaff, yeah. right? Which is a direct picture. Which is a picture of you know righteous from unrighteous, right. or sure. whatever. Whatever. I was. I was yeah. Yeah. I'm also thinking the Yom is supposed to be like perfected, right? Are we going to have chaff in the Yom exactly. That's, That's what we're talking. Actually, about. we may. Yeah. Now, actually, that brings up the issue of Jews and Gentiles. Yeah. Actually, when you when you said mixed dress, the first thing that came to mind is like you know, Jew and Gentile. What you know? You're right. Who's the desirable? And it's not Jew. up to us mm -hmm. to make right. the borer, to make the sorting. That's right. right. That's good. And, that, and, and, I, and I was thinking that, in that after in that application as well, maybe not in a, in a way that would be holistically no. accepted, but it's like, who's to decide? No, no, you're the desirable one, and yeah. you're not. And, and isn't that a humbling position when even you just have a stack of books and you can internalize, who am I to put the books on the shelf where I think mm. they should go? Mm. Yeah. And you can picture, like, mm. who am I to judge people and... To, you know, condemn good. them to eternal damnation. Very good. Uh, it's, it's that's that's the point. That's, of, a, that's okay. a great application. Good. It's also I, when I was, when we were talking about sorting, and I thought it was a frame of mind because normally we would go with the default. Let's just take the bad out and leave the good. Whereas sorting, it seems you want you to do the reverse. Let's take yeah. the good out and leave mm, the that's bad. That's good. Very good. Which is also actually very much like Yeshua's parable about right. the. Uh, Taking, yeah. because, also because in the uh, in the Leave parable, everyone right. always says, "I wish, I wish we'd all been ready." Let's, or yeah. let's pull out all the chairs. Will be in Olam Haba right. is the Ochel. That's right. Yeah, there will not be Pesola in Olam Haba. So that's the process is done. It's interesting that the sorting is done by the hand. Yeah, like yeah. specifically by the hand, so he's not going to use like a machine to like process data actually, and pop us out. So actually, in coding, there are very few sorts where you remove the bad. You're always a pop sort. You're always you're always bringing the good to the top. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. It's a total programming thing. I dense, man. You're always doing the good. Now, now how about the spiritual applications of Makkah of striking the last blow? That one's less intuitive, I think. Well, I, 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 when you were teach, uh, teaching it, I mean. To me, it's it's the finishing of the work, and it is finished. It's almost like that. Yeah, it's like that's not by definition my, my job. My job ain't finished. It's his job to finish that work, and he it says as we work out our salvation, he works with us, and he will bring it to fruition. Yeah, not that's us. good. That we actually never finish. I, I'm I, I'm reminded right. of Noah and the the ark. He, he did a great job, but he wasn't able to put the finishing touch. It was actually closed the largest Shem. gap in the That's in right. thing. <laughs> right. That was something only God did. Yeah. That's and, it, cool. and it says that there remains a Sabbath rest for yeah. us that yeah. we have not yet attained. And there's always work to do. Yeah. And this, <clears throat> this idea of connecting the very <clears throat> detailed, sometimes mundane, sometimes super technical um, discussion about how to apply the halakha in our daily activity, or well, in our Shabbat activity specifically. That's super important, because we gotta know how to do it, right, and how it applies. But I think it's equally important to understand how it connects to the to the spiritual truth that it's trying to, 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 to teach us. Because otherwise, otherwise, you know, technicality. What, you know why, why can't I go from the cliche, I mean, from the cliche we shown to the cliche, Shishi, where I'm, I'm going to actually you know, serve it out. Why do I have to go through 
through a cliche means. What's it teaching us? You right? need an intermediary. You need, a, you need an intermediary. Right. You know, the cliche we've shown. So all of these, the, all of these things, the Holocaust itself is actually trying to re-emphasize re, uh, re a spiritual truth mm -hmm. as it pertains to Olam Haba. And uh, I think it's important. You've got to have both. You've got to have both understandings because mm -hmm. if you just have the halakhic without the bigger picture of why are you why are you doing this or what's it trying to teach me, then sometimes you can get lost in the detail. But if you understand you know, why it's important to, you know, and the truth is trying to communicate to me that, at least for me anyway, that makes the halakha make all that much more sense. Sure. Yeah. And so, easier to remember too. Exactly. Yeah. Well, is, there, is there any like, worms. definitive source of, of this kind of type of discussion? Like, <laughs> well, that, that goes over the technical details, but like, because that was totally new to me. I, I never really thought of like looking for, you know, pictures of and like the minutia of like Holocaust. Right. Um, so, I mean, you know, what we're saying is just like off, sort of off the top yeah. of our heads, but has there been rabbinic discussions about this? The definitely, yeah. yeah. The I mean, Talmuds are Talmud is, with that. Yeah, that's yeah. full of it. That's, in fact, and we were joking about it when, when uh, Taylor got here about yesterday and today's Daf Yomi reading is about cleaning your shofar. And you can clean it with wine, you can clean it with water, but you can't clean it with urine. And there's a there's a reason and for the that. The reason is there, and you know, so. well, the reason is be, the same reason that for the morning prayers you can't yeah. add um, urine with the stattake galvanum, etc. Et even though it would be a good mixing agent, out of respect, you do not bring such things into the holies, and out of respect for any mitzvah, you don't use carnal things. Right. Well, I mean, that that makes sense. Why you do something? Because we we right. talked about the why we're doing this, but then it's like, well, now how? What? Yeah. Right. How does well, that relate to a long haba? Like yeah. why you don't use urine to clean your shofar? Well, well that, no, but that's what I'm talking about. Like, is there? There's a bunch of, at least recently, I know, like, um, Nachman has like volumes dedicated to commentary on the Shulchan Aruch. Yep. Which is yep. just about. The spiritual, spiritual big spiritual, like the whole, the whole water. Well, it is. Water block was all about that. It was oh, okay. the, the interpretation of this parable about a beggar. It was all in the, right. the laws about yeah. that. He spent terms. actually all of his time is spent in making the spiritual application to right. the ah, Okay. So, yeah. Isn't it awesome that's coming from a man who man. didn't put, he didn't not want not to understand the spiritual yeah. application Don't first? Think. That's right. He did it first and figured out why am I Which doing is actually this? What, that's exactly Which makes what Rabbi Nachman said. Right. Do it first, yeah. then try and figure out why what it means. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to the common mindset, which yeah. is why should I Once do I this? Once I understand it, then I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, that's what he says. He says that the children of Israel stood at the mountain. They said, all that yeah. he says, we'll do. Yeah. And they hadn't heard it. They hadn't even heard what it was. Right. Yet. So they hadn't yeah. heard, so they weren't trying to say it makes rational sense. Yeah. 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 That's good. Cool. All right, so I got... Uh, an administrative task. Uh, and before you do, we have, do we have any questions from the guys watching in? Ooh. There was one regarding the spreadsheet of oh. who's next. Okay. Which is what I'm going to do. I figured that's what you were 